Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 87. Before we jump into our interview, we have our giveaway winner from last episode to announce. And so that is for a Waltz wardrobe t-shirt. So our friends over there, happy to partner with them. You may remember our episode um, back with Justin a while back, hearing the origin story of Waltz wardrobe. So our winner for that one is Shaylin, who you can find on Instagram as Soar Designs Co. So Shaylin, we'll be in contact with you to get your information on how to get that t-shirt to you. So thank you so much for entering. We have two left, two more giveaways. So for today's episode, we're following up with another amazing t-shirt company. It's our friends Britt and Leo from Main Street Press. So same deal. Take a screenshot of you listening. Either send it to us or put it up on your story or whatever you're comfortable with. Tag us just so you make sure that we see it and you'll be entered to win. So, Catherine, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest today? Yeah, so today we are super excited to be talking to Johnny. Um, and you can find him on Instagram as One Manx Dream. And Johnny is a Disney vlogger. He actually just got into the vlogging scene, I guess you could say. Um, and he has a really fun origin story and a really fun um, recent background with Disney. Um, so I'm so excited for you guys to get to know him um, and learn a little bit more about his vlog. So I am going to go ahead and turn it over to Johnny. Yeah, well, thank you for having me both. Um, it's amazing to be here. So yeah, I am Johnny. Uh, I am the man behind One Max Dream. Um, I live in Manchester and yeah, I vlogged our last Disney trip. I started the Instagram about a year ago now. Um, yeah, and that's kind of me. So Very excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so just because I love your name and it is such a fun play on where you're from, tell everybody about that. Yeah, I think that has been the biggest kind of reaction. Um, it came completely out of the blue, um, the start of kind of the Instagram um, and the YouTube, I kept kind of underground and just kind of threw it out there to friends and family at first. And I don't even know kind of where I grew this name from. It kind of came out of the blue. But obviously um, in Disney World at Hollywood Studios is the the, um, the show One Man's Dream. And as I'm from Manchester over in the UK, uh, we're referred to and referred to ourselves as um, Mancunians in the Mancunian way. Um, so it kind of came naturally that one man's dream would be one Mank's dream and I would be the Mank with said dream. So yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. And then when I put the the Instagram channel out, everyone really loved it. And then it's kind of took off from there, really. I think it's quite a rememberable one, really. For sure. That's yeah. awesome. It's interesting because I thought of Detour to Neverland way before we even thought about doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. It was just like a, a term that I came up with you know, whatever, like a, some sort of phrase that I said, I think I want to do something with this someday. So it's interesting how those names of things just like pop into your head and, and you're able to run with it. Yeah, definitely. And like kind of the growth of this was me booking my first trip uh, to Disney with uh, my partner Jess and, and kind of 
getting that Disney book and kind of finding the YouTube community and finding vloggers that kind of go to Disney. So I always kind of wanted to do it and kind of sat there on the background thinking, oh, I'd love to do that. That would be really fun. Um, but never really, it, it takes the confidence to finally put it out there. So I kind of grew the name and kind of sat on it for a while and it that sort of niggled in the back of my head that it was always going to be that. So, yeah, I completely understand it. Kind of always going to be, it was going to be one Max dream. It was just waiting to be born. That is amazing. I love that. So, Johnny, just to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better before we jump into all the details about how YouTube and everything got off the ground, we just want to hear about you and your background. Of course, we know now where you live, but just kind of what are some of your other interests outside of Disney just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better as a person? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I live in Manchester, like I said, in the north of the UK. Um, up until a couple of years ago, never been to Disney. Um, I work uh, within retail. Um, so I have a full on job that takes up so much time um, that the reason kind of this was all born was to look for some sort of creative outlet. So um, outside of this, um, I found that I've been working kind of through my career, as a lot of people do. Um, and I think this was kind of my outlet of creativity. Um, so that's kind of, I'm turning 30 this year, which is terrifying. Um, my life is very quickly becoming like Rachel's at Friends, that I am terrified for turning 30. Um, like she was having uh, the nervous breakdown when she had a big birthday. So, yeah, that's kind of outside of this kind of Disney bubble. Um we live in England, we live in Manchester, and kind of, yeah, Disney is kind of where we've ended up. I love that. And I think it's so interesting that you mentioned that you just recently went to Disney. So when we think about your Disney story, all of this is fairly new for you. Absolutely, yeah. I, I've always been a fan of Disney. I think my earliest memory of Disney was, um, I must have been about sort of nine, ten, and kind of falling in love with the Jungle Book. Um, and I remember really being in love with the elephants in the Jungle Book and the Elephant Patrol. Um, and you don't know, like those party blowers that you get in kids' parties? Yeah. That make the sound. I distinctly remember being a child and having one of those and thinking it was amazing that I sounded like one of the elephants from the Jungle Book. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and then it kind of grew... Um, to loving like Toy Story and Lion King that was kind of out when I was a child. And then you become a teenager and you love, you, you change into like in Star Wars and Disney's wasn't quite cool. And then you, you want to be a grown up and everybody wants to kind of grow up and be an adult. And then you become an adult and you realize that the, the adult world isn't quite as fun as you thought it was going to be when you have <laughs> bills and a job and house and things so then I fell back in love with kind of the the fantasy of what Disney is and uh, Jess my partner has been she went to Paris quite a few times as a kid um, and I remember and um, we never went I've never been to Disney up until sort of the last five years but I remember distinctly um, going with my mum to a friend's um, who they used to have catch-ups and I was kind of plonked on the sofa kind of oh just watch the telly you'll be fine we're just having a catch-up um, and they had the old Disney tapes, like VHSs, that Disney must have sent out to show kind of the parks and Disney planning. It's all kind of on YouTube now and DVDs, but back then it was on the tapes. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I don't remember anything to do with Magic Kingdom. All I remember is Epcot 
and seeing what I now know is Spaceship Earth and thinking, oh, wow, that looks incredible. So when Jess kind of mentioned about going to Disney World and I fell back in love with Disney, it was kind of really spur of the moment. I said, oh, well, let's go to the travel agents and we'll get a brochure. 45 minutes later, we booked our first trip. It was really kind of spontaneous. We didn't plan it. Uh, then a second trip kind of come away. So, yeah, I didn't plan to fall in love with Disney World. I didn't plan to do any of this. It's kind of all come in the last four years, really. So, yeah, I can't believe it. That is such an amazing story. And I think it's a very unique one because, I mean, as many of our guests, you know, it's interesting because you, you had Disney as a child. And I think a lot of males especially go through that as like a middle schooler of thinking Disney's not cool anymore. But now it's interesting to look back and think, all right, Star Wars and Marvel, that like every single one of my friends growing up had some connection to Star Wars or Marvel. Now they're in the Disney umbrella. And now it's like, oh, this is all cool again. Now I can <laughs> now I can love Absolutely. The Lion King because it's right next to the Star Wars stuff, you know? So I, I think it's wonderful that it's kind of all under that same umbrella now. Oh, definitely. And, and like you said, it just, it wasn't quite cool. And I think a lot of people thought that Disney was all uh, princesses and fantasies and happily ever afters and falling in love with uh, Prince Charming. But absolutely, now that you've got Marvel and Star Wars, it it's cool for everybody. And I think that's a great thing that Disney does, is it brings people together. And that's the whole wonderful thing that I've learned very quickly about the Disney community, is that everybody works together. And it is a place where everybody wants to help each other and kind of have that escape from the real world and um it, yeah it's just a magical place it's um yeah definitely Yes, I love all of that. And I think it is, like you said, it's such a great escape from just the everyday stuff that we do because most of us don't have, you know, the luxury or the ability to go to Disney every day. So kind of doing, you know, vlogs and podcasts and Instagram accounts, all of those things allow us to incorporate that in our everyday life. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the reason I started this. I found that I was working so much that I'd come home and you, I kind of felt in that routine of go to work, come home, go to work, come home. Uh, and I thought, I need a creative outlet. And I'd been watching, we did our first trip back in 2016, um, and I absolutely felt obsessed on that trip um, with Disney World and knew instantly that I wanted to go back. So when we booked our second trip, which was last year, um, I'd watched all these YouTubers and thought, do you know what, I really want to do that. I, I, I want to have a go. So it did become that kind of creative outlet to think about what can I do and how can I do something that will give me something to concentrate on. And it is. So Disney is such, especially Disney World and the Disney Parks, are such a happy place for so many people. It is that little bit of escapism that you can come home after a terrible day and you can sit and for 15 minutes you could be transported to your happy place and it is that escapism to take you back to those happy memories and by scrolling through um social media there's so many negative reports of social media and it's always in the media about the negative side of social media but for me the great thing about the disney community is i can scroll through on my one max dream feed and it is just nothing but happiness and memories and that kind of escape through scrolling or watching a video that takes you back to 
um, Disney World or to any Disney park and just makes you feel that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get every time you walk down Main Street. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Uh, And that is so beautifully said. What I'm so interested in is after you took that first trip, you decided that you were hooked and you were going to go back. And I guess sometime in that time span, you also decided that you were going to jump into vlogging. Like what... Were you chomping at the bit a little bit to, you know, get to that next trip to be able to have the camera and and capture some of your memories? And what were some of the things that you did in the meantime, you know, to prepare yourself for that trip whenever you were going to try to capture that video footage? Yeah, definitely. So I started the Instagram side of One Max Dream in June of 2018. And we wasn't going to Walt Disney World again till the end of September. So there was a good chunk of time uh, where it was a case of, right, this is just planning. So I decided that I would first launch the Instagram page and kind of do that little bit of networking and try to build um, followers um, and people to talk to um, before we went into in, uh, to the YouTube side of things. So I spent a good three months just chatting to people um and going through people's profile and doing my research really um i watched umteen vlogs i joined forums i chatted to people about what cameras they used what batteries they used and kind of really did my research as to what i wanted to do so i bought the camera i bought the things that i was it was like i really need to go because i really need to do this now and the excitement was far too much to control um so when we finally got it was like it got there it was such a relief to kind of have the camera in my hand but it was a strange feeling because i'd done no vlogging until that point <laughs> up until the point of leaving the front door to go to disney world i had done no vlogging so it was so exciting but so terrifying and nervous as well and that kind of feeling of walking around with a camera in your hand pointing it at you um so i kind of learned on my feet and learned so much within those two weeks that i'll take when i go back this time uh, and when we vlog again um in like just over a month's time but i think kind of what i learned was just speaking to people and networking with people and there's still people that i talk to now and growing that kind of community and there's so many people out there that help you and that's the wonderful thing i think about disney is that everybody wants to help so that's kind of and then i just jumped in head first went to disney vlogged the trip got back started the youtube channel and thought right i hope i've got some footage that's good now (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love all of those different points you made and i think it is really important to you know kind of hit on and stress the importance and the value of taking that time and networking like you said because we always talk about the Disney community. I mean, I feel like that always comes up whenever we talk to people because it is such a great community to be a part of and everyone is so helpful. But, you know, like you said, taking that three months to really talk to people and get valuable feedback um, and get all the information that you need to plan um, since obviously – you know, going to the parks in two weeks and getting that content that you needed is so important. I think it's just really important for anyone who might be interested in, you know, pursuing some sort of Disney, you know, blog, vlog, Instagram, anything to reach out to people that they admire and get help. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think I am a planner. I'm a natural planner. I have spreadsheets for Disney. <laughs> that is kind of how deep my planning goes. Um, so we did have a structured plan of what we wanted to do for the two weeks and a new kind of what content that I wanted to get. Um, but speaking to other vloggers um, has been the biggest help and the kind of the best advice that you can kind of get is is reaching out and kind of asking thousands of questions that to you seem really small and but are quite silly sometimes um and i think that they just that people out there kind of always want to help and are very encouraging and i think that's kind of the thing that's pursued me and wanted to carry on has been that everybody's so supportive um but i would definitely say if now that I'm going into my second trip that I will be vlogging, I am much more prepared. I know kind of what con well, I definitely know what content I want to do. Um, I've kind of planned my days around what I want to film that's different and kind of what I want to show. I have done so much more research um, kind of on my facts um, and some interesting kind of tidbits, really, of what to go through. But the it's all in the planning, and I love that side of it. Absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so fun that you mentioned spreadsheets because I'm sitting next to Mr. Spreadsheet. Brendan is a spreadsheet fanatic. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I don't know how you would ever do a trip without a spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. It's color coordinated. It's got sections, fast passes. Honestly, I drive Jess mad. Yes. <laughs> We just planned a trip with our family, and they all laughed at Brendan when we showed up with our daily spreadsheet with dinner reservations and everything else. <laughs> yeah, I think for, for Disney World especially, you have got to plan. You've got to plan. If you want to get the dinner reservations that you want and you want to get the fast passes that you want, um, if you want to go when it's the lowest crowd, you've got to plan ahead. Um, we've got quite a few friends that are going to be in Disney at the same time as us this time. Um, and some of Jess's family. And they was like, oh, we need to meet you. And Jess was like, you'll have to speak to Johnny and consult the spreadsheet. <laughs> I can't tell you when we're free. Just consult Johnny in the spreadsheet and we'll see if I can fit you in. <laughs> yeah. You say, we have seven minutes that we can squeeze you in in between our fast passes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I even want to plan in toilet breaks, but apparently that's too far. <laughs> <laughs> So I know this might be a little off topic, but speaking of planning, is it incredibly hard to plan around like the opening? Since I know like when Brendan is trying to get us dinner reservations, he wakes up at like, what time did you have to wake up? Uh, 5 a.m. our time. 5 a.m. Wow. How does that work for you since there's such a big time difference? <clears throat> so we're quite lucky that actually for – uh, fast passes and dining reservations it's 12 o'clock noon oh so it's it's fine that it's in the middle of the day because we don't have to get up early like uh, you guys however you do have to plan your work life around it mm -hmm. so you do have to plan it in the diary that i absolutely cannot work on this day because it's fast pass day <laughs> which work colleagues find really strange like what do you mean no it's fast pass day absolutely not the diary's clear <laughs> um so yeah it's um it's a great time but you do have to plan we have it in the in the calendar in the diary a good six months to a year before it's actually that day mm -hmm. that is so funny i love that <laughs> 
So one other topic that I wanted to cover, and I think it's really, you know, if we get to the core of it, it's really about mindsets and like setting your expectations, but also not settling because I have so much respect for YouTubers, especially because it is a, a platform that can be difficult to grow a fan base on or an audience on or, or viewership on. And it's something that you have to put a lot of time into. And, and I know that you know that's something you got to be consistent about. And it's somewhat similar to podcasting as, you know, you just got to throw things out of the Internet and hope that it sticks and, and hope that your people are able to find it. So can you just kind of share, you know, how do you keep a positive attitude about it? How do you set realistic goals and, and work towards those in order to get your content to the people who are going to enjoy it? Yeah, I think I I started this whole process thinking in my work head and I set goals and I even had a book that I I wanted this many followers by this date and this many followers by this date. Um, and it just, it does not always go to plan mm -hmm. at all. And especially with YouTube, you you put a video out, no one knows that it's there and it is a really difficult kind of thing to kind of grow and um, for me, I do this whole thing because I love Disney and I reap the benefits now because I get messages of people saying, oh, your video helped us plan or we, we thought it was great or we're going to f kind of f copy what you did or visit the restaurants that you did. And that for me kind of makes me want to carry on. I think the positive attitude you've got to, if you want to do it because you want to be famous or if you want to do it because you want um free things or because you want hundreds of followers then you are doing it for the wrong reason I, I think at the beginning because it's going to take a while um you have to do it for something that sits in you that wants to progress and wants to kind of put your content out there for me if if i can help one person plan their disney trip and give them some advice um or if i can give one person a smile after a terrible day at work and give them 15 minutes of escapism to transport them to a place that makes them feel happy. That's my job done. Um, for me, the more followers and um, the more subscribers that I get is amazing. But if I can just help one person, then that is my job done. And that makes me feel good. Um, you've got to have something inside you, I believe, that wants to do it for you as well not just for the numbers mm -hmm. i found our episode preview answer that was <laughs> i mean that's brilliant i love that and i think that probably hits home with so many people who are out there creating this amazing content that that it's it's tough it's an uphill battle and we go through that and so many other people go through that and i think you're exactly right that it, that you've got to be doing it for genuine reasons for yourself and that's the only way that it's going to show through. And that's the only way that you're going to be motivated to keep at it and, and keep it up. Um, I wish that I could give them credit. Um, but I saw a Twitter post the other day, of all things. And like I said, to any content creator, creator out there, you are going to make it. You are going to make it into what you want it to be. You just have no idea how long it's going to take. And so that's yeah. just the key is, is you've got to stick at it for as long as it possibly takes. If you count those numbers and if you have the apps that tell you how many people unfollow you on Instagram and you're constantly looking every day or every hour going, oh, I've gained five, but I've lost three. 
or I lost 10 today, you, you will be completely disheartened. If you constantly look at the number of subscribers and how kind of sometimes how slow it can be, you can go one day you can get 10 subscribers and other days it's weeks before you get one. If you look at those numbers, um, you will get nowhere. It, for you, for me, it's got to be the content and it's all around what I'm putting out. And I think that's kind of what pursues me on and pushes me on. And you're absolutely right. You, it can become very easy to kind of be deflated um, by numbers. Um, but for me, I do it because I love to, I want to be creative. I want it to help me and other people. And it's my creative outlet as well. There's nothing better. I was editing uh, the last vlog that came out, the last vlog of our trip. Um, and I met Chewbacca for the first time and Jess had filmed it. And I didn't know she'd filmed it. I had no idea, and I'm just editing the uh, kind of the footage. I was like, "Oh my word, this is really good!" I didn't even know. I couldn't even remember it. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> and for me, that was like, "Oh, if if that makes me smile, and I didn't know about it, then hopefully it'll make somebody else smile." Certainly, yeah, that is wonderful. So, Johnny, I thank you so much for sharing all the background information and kind of your approach to building your YouTube channel and your Instagram. I think that is so helpful for our listeners. Before we head into our fast pass round, we're gonna pause and hear a quick message from our partners. Our episode today is brought to you by The Photo Reserve. We know how long and hard you guys work on your Disney content. Catherine and I have blogged a little bit before and it takes hours to write and edit the perfect blog post. But then on top of that, one of the most time consuming efforts is finding the perfect Disney photo that accompanies your content and the topic that you're writing about. Maybe photography just isn't your thing, or maybe you don't get to the parks as often as you'd like to, to be able to get the perfect photo that accompanies your content. The Photo Reserve is a wonderful solution that we are so proud to be able to offer to you guys as Detour to Neverland listeners, where you can get professional, high-quality Disney Parks images to accompany your content. It's going to drive more traffic. It's going to catch a reader's eye or a potential reader's eye and get them to your site or your channel or whatever it might be of where you're trying to get people to go. So don't waste any more time putting up the same photos or reusing them. Go to reportthemagic.com slash detour and you'll get six completely free, no strings attached images that you can use however you'd like. They're perfect to go with so many different blog posts, um, and it's really something that we're so proud of. So, again, that's reportthemagic.com detour. Enter in your email address, and you're going to get those six completely free professional Disney photos that capture the beauty and the magic of the parks. Thank you guys so much for listening, and now back to the interview. Perfect. So, Johnny, are you ready? We're going to go through our Fast Pass rounds, and we're going to throw out these topics. If you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. I am ready. Okay, so the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Uh, so, Walt Disney World, all the parks, apart from Blizzard Beach. Oh, okay. So, you've been to Typhoon Lagoon? I have a real fear of water parks. Oh. which goes back to a couple of years ago when me and Jess went on another holiday and had a disaster on a water slide. 
in which oh, she'll kill me for telling this story, but I'm going to tell it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we was in Egypt and we was on a slide and we was on one of the double rings. We was coming down the slide together um, and I lost balance and away we went. So we tipped over. Jess shot down. Uh, we had no idea who was hurt, what was happening. We was just sliding full pelt, didn't know where the ring had gone. Um, it was chaos. And it was one of the slides where you go halfway and then you kind of hit a bowl. Mm-hmm. And you, you're supposed to go around in your little ring and then head down the next bit. Um, well, that didn't quite happen. And the fact that I got to the bowl and found Jess at the other side of the bowl and the ring in the middle... <laughs> um, we tried to get the ring back, did not happen. The people at the bottom thought it was hilarious that the ring shot down, followed by Jess about 40 seconds later, and then about a minute later, me. Oh. After that, never again. Oh. Traumatised. <laughs> Traumatised by waterslide. So, yeah, this, we went to Typhoon Lagoon, loved kind of the wave pool, uh, but waterslides terrify me. Mm. Absolutely oh, no. terrify me. <laughs> so hopefully we will get to Blizzard Beach and I will get over my fear. But yeah, oh, that's never will we go on the one again. Jess said, absolutely <laughs> never will I ride a water slide for you again. Oh man, we've had a not it, it, your experience was definitely more traumatic than ours, <laughs> but we had the like the enclosed ones, and mm. I don't know what happened. I don't know if everybody feels this way or it's just us, but like we both went down back to back. We both got off, and, and it like, was in Typhoon Lagoon, right? Was it? Yeah, it was. And we were both like. Were you suffocating? And we're, we're like, yeah, I didn't breathe for like a minute straight. So we we are very particular about our slides as well. Yeah. Cannot be enclosed. Absolutely. And I'm also, when they have a big dip, I always, t- I'm worried that I will not come up the other end. And I know you will, force of gravity <laughs> and speed and everything. But I always have this fear inside me that I will be the one person that gets stuck at the bottom of the U. <laughs> and they'll have to rescue me so yeah i think it's an inner fear as well oh man <laughs> well thank you for sharing that uh jess if you're listening <laughs> thank you for allowing johnny to share even though you didn't give your consent we uh, certainly appreciate it yeah <laughs> so oh. of the four walt disney parks that you have been to which one is your favorite and why oh so i've really struggled with this so Everybody has to say the Magic Kingdom because it's the most magical. And there's no other feeling quite like when you turn that corner of Main Street and you see Cinderella Castle at the end of it. And you have that utter feeling of warm magic inside you. But I do have to say my favourite is Epcot. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think it is the most chilled out park. I love walking around World Showcase. Um, I love the rides and I love the whole vibe of Epcot. I love it. It's um, if it's our afternoon park when the heat gets a little bit hot because we're from the UK and it rains all the time here and it's never really warm. Um, so when it's a little bit hot in the middle of the afternoon, uh, walking around Epcot um, with a nice drink is kind of where I want to be. On a rainy day in Manchester, I dream that I'm at Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> so which country in Epcot is your favourite? Oh... Uh, Paris, uh, France. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm a huge fan of Paris. I've been to Paris, but not Disneyland. Um, so I think France is my favourite country. I love the theming. I I love the food. Um, 
so yeah, France is definitely my favourite. And when they open the um, the Ratatouille ride that's coming, um, that will be amazing. Yes. I was going to ask you what you thought about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I can't wait. And I know that Jess has rode it in Paris and says it's amazing. So I'm very excited for that. One more question and then we'll move on. I promise. <laughs> we won't have all these side questions for forever. But as Americans, when we go, we like completely past the american pavilion like we maybe use the restrooms in there as a british person do you like to spend time in the british pavilion or like what is your approach to it absolutely because it's quite comical when when as english we walk through it looks and feels nothing like the majority of england (laughs) and it's a very specific area of england that kind of uh, it's replicated off but i think i speak for all the british visitors we go into the shops to see the price of the chocolate <laughs> and to walk around and go, wow, how expensive is that here to what it is back in the supermarkets at home? I think that is the reason we go. Um, and there's nothing quite like it. it's a real British tradition to go to the pub and to have a nice pint. And you have to go um, to the Rose and Crown for a pint. You just have to. <laughs> it's, it's inside you as a British person. So, yeah, I quite like looking around. That is so interesting. That is funny. We're going to have to look for British people when we're walking around <laughs> it next time. But... You'll find them looking at the chocolate bar going, $3, $3. I'm telling you now, that is the first thing you'll see if you ask any British person in the English pavilion. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. So the next question would be, what is your Disney bucket list trip? Um, Tokyo. It has to be, doesn't it? I think everyone dreams of going to um, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, um, and I think the whole cultural difference of um, of being in Tokyo as well and the surrounding areas. Um, I watched um, Tim Tracker when he went to Tokyo, um, and the whole kind of experience looked amazing. So, I think fingers crossed, I would love to get to Tokyo Disney in a few years' time. Mm-hmm. I know that's quite a beast for us to get over there like flight wise and everything how long do you know how long a flight would be for you to get over there it's a long time yeah i've had a look and it's quite expensive (laughs) um i've had a look um and yeah i think it will be a savers it'll it'll be quite some savings to go to tokyo Mm -hmm. um it's not a cheap or an easy trip to do um yeah it's a long flight i think it's sort of like a day's trip worth Whereas for us, it's a long flight, nine hours to Florida. Um, so to be talking sort of 12, 15 hours is a, is a long flight. Mm-hmm. I should know this, but if you were going to go to Tokyo, would you go east over Asia or would you come to the U.S. first and then hop over to Japan? I think you'd go east over Asia, I think. Wow. But I'm not 100% sure. I would imagine you'd go that way, but I'm not. I, I, I'm always lost when I'm in the car. I think if, <laughs> if anyone's seen um, the vlog where I was driving and got lost because I can't follow signs at Disney World, I, I, I would make a terrible pilot. <laughs> we would too, don't worry. <laughs> so next one is your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the one that you've stayed at. Uh, I think I must say I had an incredible time at Port Orleans Riverside. Um, I would love to stay at French Quarter because the theme in there is stunning. But the whole Port Orleans 
um, resort is beautiful. Um, it's so relaxed and, and so um, it's lovely to chill out. I think that has to be my favourite. If I could stay at any resort, I would choose to be in one of the bungalows at, at the Polynesian. Yes. Um, that would be incredible. But I must say, um, Port Orleans holds a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's my go-to snack, which we're coming on to. Oh. So I have to go to Port Orleans. Foreshadowing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. So going to rides, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> I have thought about this for so many days. The planner inside me and the spreadsheet man inside me says flight of passage because you have to. I have the attention span of, of like a fish and a small child. I can't queue for rides. Um, it's terrible. So anything over sort of 30, 40 minutes and I, I, I can't queue. Um, so flight of passage is the planner inside me and the spreadsheet man. But I must say my favourite ride is Tower of Terror. So if I had to choose for the rest of my life, I would go with Tower of Terror. I feel like you can't argue with either of those choices. Mm-mm. Those are both good ones. Yeah. And with Tower of Terror, it would be different every time. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yep. And so, the, yeah, and the Fast Pass queue doesn't make you miss anything. Mm-hmm. No, which I love. And I love the whole um, theme and the Imagineering as you go into Tower of Terror. I love it. Um, I think it's incredible. And I'm so glad... Um, that they've not changed Tower of Terror at Disney World mm-hmm. um, to like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm so glad that they didn't change it because I've not rode the Guardians of the Galaxy rides, um, but I'm glad that they've not touched and they've kept Tower of Terror yep, in its sure. original structure. Yes. Yep. So sticking with rides, which ride or attraction do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? Oof. So my my main one and my answer is um, the Little Mermaid show in Hollywood Studios. <laughs> um, we was there last time, um, and the, the rest of the show is amazing. When you look at um, the Lion King and Nemo and the Frozen sing along, I think that's definitely very retro, um, and and can do with um, kind of lifting um, and giving a bit of a facelift. However controversially i don't get dino land usa mm. i get the backstory i've done my research it just does not fit for me so i know it's controversial and a lot of people love it um but dino land usa i just think it's it just needs changing mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna hate me now i know <laughs> i know we've had some controversial answers on here nobody's been you know, persecuted yet. So I think we're good. <laughs> but do you have any Fingers ideas crossed. of what you would want to change it to? I just think when you walk into Pandora, it is an, uh, it is incredible seeing the floating mountains. And the whole theming and the Imagineering at uh, Animal Kingdom is incredible. I think out of all the parks for theming and feeling like you are in a, a completely different place, Animal Kingdom is the best by far. Um, you can get some of the best food there, the best snacks there. And I love an Animal Kingdom day. So I think it just it just lets it down. And I've done my research. I, I get the thought behind it. But I just think it could be done something differently. Even if this sticks to the whole dinosaur theme, 
can we be a bit more creative? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> primeval world. Uh, I just no. It's just not. It's not flight of passage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many more things you could do. Although I do like Dinosaur as a ride. That mm. that's a cool ride. I think that's fair. Yeah, it does seem a little out of place, especially if you do compare it to, you know, the amazing everything else for sure. Yeah, and I think it just it just does feel out of place and I think there's so many amazing things that you could do and that Disney and the Imagineers could do uh with a, a dinosaur themed area rather than Dino Land USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will see. <laughs> so moving on to our favorite portion, which is the snacks. So what is your favorite snack or your go-to snack? Oh, I love the beignets mm. at Port Orleans. They are incredible. Um, and Jess um, is celiac, so she's gluten-free, and they do gluten-free beignets. Um, which is a massive tick in our book. Um, so the beignets are definitely my go-to snack. But if I'm around the parks, you can't be a Mickey Premium bar. You have to have it. Yeah. You have to have it. Uh, my uh, the the one that I stay away from is the cheeseburger spring rolls. Never again. Uh, they are not for me. Really. Um, but uh, yeah, I know people love them, but they're, they're not for me. I think they're a love or a hate kind of snack. But Mickey Premium Bars, all the beignets, everyone must have a Disney beignet. Absolutely must have. Did you try one of her gluten-free? Like, were they pretty comparable? I couldn't tell the difference, I'll be really honest. I couldn't tell the difference. They was incredible. And I think um, one thing that we want to feature more um, in this year's vlogs is um, the gluten-free and the dietary requirements um and how disney are amazing at it um the chefs at disney um the cast members in the restaurants are incredible um, and have so much knowledge on dietary requirements um, and the gluten-free selection of foods is amazing so that's one thing uh, that we want to feature more this time is how we do disney um with gluten-free in there as well so yeah i couldn't tell the difference mm. That's so interesting. And I'm sure, I mean, there's a much larger conversation that can be had, probably a whole nother episode. But I often hear people say, like, I have this sort of dietary restriction, or I'm a vegetarian, or I can't have this or that. You know, should I still go to Disney? It's like, that is the absolute best place to go. Like, they will (laughs) accommodate anything. Mm -hmm. They are amazing. We have never, ever had an issue um, in any restaurant with dietary requirements. Um, their the knowledge and their the information that the cast members have is second to none, and I think it is probably the best place that we've ever been in the world for if you're dining with dietary requirements. Mm-hmm. So if when people ask, and if anyone's wondering, absolutely go to Disney if you have dietary requirements because there is things for you that will blow your mind. For sure. Mm-hmm. So sticking with food, what is your favorite table service and favorite quick service restaurants? So table service, I must say, it's a toss up between the Yachtsman and California Grill. Um, I love California Grill. Um, I spent my birthday there last year. We watched uh, Hollow Wishes um, and it was such a magical evening to kind of have fireworks for your table. Um, and I love the food. I love the service. I love the position and I love the whole thing about the contemporary resort. 
Um, quick service. I must say, uh, the first place we always go to is um, is it Starlight Cafe in the Magic Kingdom. The name's gone out of my head. Yes. yes. Cosmic yes. Rays, Starlight Cafe. Cosmic Rays um, yeah. is definitely. Um, you have to get a Disney burger on the first night of our trip. Um, so that is probably my favourite quick service. Ooh. That's good choice. I know it's probably there, there are better quick service restaurants out there um especially in kind of animal kingdom but for me i hold that as one of my favorites sentimental yes yeah sure. yeah definitely it's a first night treat yeah. <laughs> so the next one would be what is your favorite character meet and greet moment so i have two um the first one is when we was there this year we met chip and dale uh, in their dinosaur costumes and that was the most fun uh, that we've had with a character and um, they was amazing um, Jess was wearing a t-shirt with um, like the sequins that when you turn it one way it's one colour and when you turn it the other it goes a different colour mm-hmm. um, and they was obsessed they loved it and um, mm-hmm. I got no attention I'm not going to lie the t-shirt kind of stole everything from me <laughs> um, there, there was just all about Jess and the t-shirt but it was such so much fun and such an amazing character meet and greet that that was um, so that was one of my favourites. The second one, when we went back in 2016, we was there for Hurricane Matthew, um, and we was very unprepared, and we was in Animal Kingdom the day that the curfew landed, um, and the last people kind of character meet and greet that we did was we met Mickey and Minnie in their safari outfits, um, and it was really quiet, and I think that was, it was just so fun, and it was the first time we met Mickey and Minnie um, together, so I think that was that was a special one as well. We looked slightly windswept on the photos as well because of the weather. <laughs> so yeah, they're not the greatest of photos because we do look very windswept. Uh, but it was just such a memorable day to know that that was Hurricane Day for us. Mm, for sure, I will say anybody who has not went and met the Chipmunkasauruses, we had like our stomachs hurt from laughing yes. when we met them too. Like they are they're just so hilarious. Funny. That was the the one kind of meet and greet I had to meet the, Chip and Dale that day in their dancer outfits. It was the whole two-week trip was revolving around that meet and greet. I had to do it, and it lived up to every expectation. It was so funny, um, and it was just the pictures that we had were amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they, was, they was great. So the next couple questions will be moving outside of the parks. So what is your favorite Disney movie? I have to go back to my childhood and say um, Jungle Book. It's a tough one because I do love The Lion King as well. And I'm very excited for um, the new film for The Lion King. Um, But the original Jungle Book... Um, holds that special place in my heart as it was my first Disney film um, it was my first kind of time I loved Disney the music the theming and yeah that is that is it for me although there's been some great Disney films that's come out recently Dumbo was amazing uh, that's just come out the new Mary Poppins that came out last year was fantastic uh, and I love Mary Poppins as well but for for nostalgia definitely Jungle Book I was going to say, I do think it's so interesting. I would say, I mean, I guess a good majority of people that we've talked to, they always have to go with that childhood movie. You just can't let it go. Mm. No, you can't. No. What's your favorite movies? The Lion King. 
Peter Pan for me. <laughs> Both great choices. Yes. So the next one would be your favorite Disney song. <sighs> Another tough one. I must say, my probably my favorite Disney song is The Bare Necessities from um, Jungle Book. But I have a really random playlist on Spotify at the minute in the car that sort of sandwiched between some kind of pop songs is um, You're Welcome from Moana. Yes. Um, <laughs> sung by The Rock. And that is my go-to-work song in the morning. When I'm feeling a little bit down and I'm struggling to get motivated in the morning, that is my go-to song in the car. When people are sat next to me at the traffic lights and I'm belting it out at the top of my voice <laughs> on my own, I must look hilarious. But it is that is in my Spotify playlist currently, and I am obsessed with it. I'll never forget whenever we left Moana and we asked... I think like your dad, we're like, do we really, do we think that was the rock singing? He's uh-huh. like, oh no, there's no way. He's like, <laughs> looked it up. Yes, it, it was. was. He it did was. an incredible job. Is there anything he, really he can't did. do? <laughs> Apparently not. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. He's one very talented guy. I've read that he's thinking about doing stand up comedy next. So, wow. Jack of I would trends. definitely be. Definitely. If it comes to the UK, I will definitely be getting tickets for that. so i will say since you did talk about the bare necessities if you ever meet baloo and feel the urge to sing to him he'll dance and it's hilarious we met him once and my dad's a goofball and he sung the bare necessities it was christmas and he danced for us and had a good old time and it was just the best ever I will definitely do that when we take a trip this yes. year. Absolutely. That is going on the spreadsheet, I promise you. <laughs> well, I can't watch wait to out. see it. <laughs> Absolutely. Watch out and I will definitely be singing. I apologise in advance for my singing um, because I am not the best voice at all. But just for the loo dancing, it will be totally worth it. For sure. <laughs> so next one would be your favourite Disney quote. <sighs> I think my favourite Disney quote is um, Walt's quote that I hope we never lose sight of one thing that it all started with a mouse. Um, and I heard that um, in when we was first in Disney and it stuck with me. And I think it really kind of hones back that, <clears throat> especially with vlogging and sometimes like we chatted about, that you can kind of get a, a little bit down if... It's not kind of, you're not growing, you're kind of your, um, your following, that it brings it really back down to reality that the incredible story of Walt um, and how Disney started and the parks, to just think that it did all start with that sketch of Mickey is quite special and quite unique. And I think that is my favourite quote. Mm-hmm. The way that you just described that, once you make it to Disneyland, which I'm sure you'll go someday, you've got to do the Animators Academy. Absolutely. Because we drew Mickey in there. He happened to be Vampire Mickey for Halloween. (laughs) But still, it was like a very surreal moment of remembering that Mickey was just a cartoon and, you know, look at everything that's been built just from this cartoon that so many people connect with. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I think Walt's story is a true inspiration to us all. Uh, that he went through hardship. <clears throat> it didn't work for him. It took a while to kind of 
It took a long time for him to kind of get what he wanted to do, um, but he never gave up. He never stopped dreaming. He knew what he wanted to achieve, and he stuck with that idea, um, even when people probably thought it was completely ludicrous. He stuck with what he believed in and his um, his dream, and that kind of should be an inspiration to us all, really, to kind of carry on, because, like you said, we will make it, and our dreams will come true as long as you have that dream and follow Walt's way, really. Yeah, I love that. And I think that definitely puts everything, you know, into perspective. So Absolutely. The, so the last question we have would just be your favorite Disney Parks memory. I think um, I definitely have to go back to our first trip. Um, most people will probably say when they walk into the Magic Kingdom for the first time, uh, mine was Hurricane Day because we have bad weather over here, but my word, hurricanes are a whole new thing um, and I know they cause so much destruction but we was at Disney and we were so unprepared being from England uh, we landed at the airport we went to the desk to get our tickets and everything and we got the brief that said about what what happens if the hurricane was going to hit and I looked at Jess and said did you know that there was even a hurricane coming and we both looked at each other none of the wiser <laughs> the Disney parks are amazing the cast members that look after you are incredible but being stuck in our hotel room for 24 hours watching Mrs. Doubtfire and <laughs> um, Beauty and the Beast with all our Walmart haul, all gone in a night, um, is probably my favourite memory. And, yeah, it was um, one hell of a story to tell when you got home. How was your holiday? Did you have a good trip? Well, <laughs> we're not stuck in a hurricane, but that's just a slight... <laughs> sidestep um so yeah i think that is always um a great story to tell um and the way that the cast members and disney as a whole looks after its guests um during those times is incredible for sure mm-hmm. absolutely I, Catherine's <clears throat> sister is a cast member and her mom always worries whenever a hurricane's hitting and i thought if there's one place you want to be in a hurricane if you go, if you're going to be in florida it's Walt Disney World. Like, Absolutely. You can't imagine a safer place. Yeah. No, and, and the way they look after everybody and when when you can kind of come out, um, they snap back so quick to look after their guests that the parks stay closed, uh, but the hurricane passed over um, in the early hours and kind of by late afternoon, Disney Springs was back open. And the cast members were on site. They was amazing and absolutely there's no safer place in the Disney World. And then a day later, it was like nothing had happened. Parks were back open um, and you was back to, absolute back to normal. So, yeah, they, they're incredible at it. They're so well prepared and so look after their guests so well um, that I, I, I agree. There's no safer place. There's no more magical place either to be. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, Johnny, our very last question, something we ask all of our guests, and it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, either as a content creator or maybe they want to start creating their own products, what would be your advice to that person? Um, never give up. Have It's great to have targets and you have to have your own targets. Don't tell them to people. I wrote them down of what I wanted to achieve and they've been in a book in my cupboard and no one's seen them 
um, and I've not shared them. Have your targets and never give up yourself and do it for you. Everything else is amazing and helping people is amazing um, and building shops. Um, we represent uh, a couple of brands and work with brands as well and helping them grow. But just never give up yourself. And I think for those that are, wait, that are going to vlog, my advice to, to, to kind of to vloggers is to know when to put the camera down. Um, I always say that I have seen Happily Ever After five times, but I've only watched it once. And that was the most magical. And it was the end of the trip. So if you're going as a vlogger or as a first-time vlogger, it's very easy to live your life through the lens and want to capture everything. Um, to not miss a second, but it's also important that there are your memories that you're building, your trips, um, and it's important to know when to put the camera down and just see it through your eyes um, and just watch it. And I think, like I said, I've watched, I've seen Happily Ever After, but I watched it once. Mm. Um, and I would definitely be doing that this trip to know the difference of when to capture film, when to capture content but also when it's important just to put the camera away um, and just have you time to immerse yourself in the magic that is so well said mm -hmm. uh, and i think that is such valuable advice for anybody who's jumping into the vlogging world and and it, i think it applies to other things as well is that if you're you get caught up in everything and and trying to please your followers and you know, trying to have the next best picture of a dull web to put out there that sometimes you don't sit back and enjoy it. And that's why we all go there. So um, I, I think that's brilliant advice. One last thing, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online. Absolutely. So we are at on Instagram at One Max Dream, um, and our YouTube channel is named One Max Dream as well. So yeah, check out our vlogs. Um, connect with us on Instagram. Um, drop us a message, like a photo. Um, we love to chat to people, um, and we will be in Disney World from the tenth of June uh, for fourteen days. So if you see us there as well, um, come say hi. It will be lovely to meet some people. Yes. Awesome. I'm sad that we're going to miss you. We'll be there like a week before you. But... Oh, what a shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. We really had a blast learning about the YouTube channel and also learning more about your Disney story. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Outcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.